Ooh, she just gave me a countdown. I finally this time. did, and I never hey, do. Yeah. No, you don't. Hey everyone, this is a couple of sassholes. I'm Brooklyn Maple, and I'm Heather Terry. I thought that you were going to say my name because you switched it up a couple times. I, sometimes I don't know where I'm at or what I'm doing. It, that's accurate. <laughs> that, that is a factual statement. Yeah, I know. And uh, today is is nothing different than yeah. the norm. That's really not. Yeah. Except for it is 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. Just, that is quite early. But I went I, to bed early, and that's rare. I went to That is rare for you. I yes. am sober. So. Yeah. Making up for I today. Not. Sunday fun day. I was home by my, not by myself. I was there with Travis, but I was saying hello to the IPAs, and they were saying hello back. And it was a good <laughs> freaking time. You not even mad about it. You said, I'm a little buzzed. I was like, I just drank some water and watched on the staircase, which I finished. Did you oh, finish it? No, I only saw that one ep- like the intro the to the first episode. Oh, there's eight. Not the intro, but you know what I'm saying. There's eight. Watch okay. it. They do they put weird sex stuff in there, which is just weird. Like I couldn't imagine acting it out the whole time. I was like, he grosses me out and I don't I couldn't imagine being that actor. Uh, he was banging a guy. Just watch. Oh, okay. Just can't wait. <laughs> I love it when you're like, there's some weird sex stuff in it, and I'm like running home. Gonna yeah. watch it with the fam. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it. I'm I, on it. Well, I hope so. Well, if I have to go through it, you have to go through it. That's the rules. He felt very much, that is 100% the rules. But as I look at, like, the first, the intro to it, he fucking came off guilty as fuck to me. Mm -hmm. Like, in in the first 20 minutes of it, I was Mm -hmm. like. Of the real documentary? No, of what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the I don't know everything about it was so weird. Well, they talk about the making of the real documentary in the show, so just, you just need to watch it. Sure. I will watch it. I will watch good. it because I've already started not, watching it. Will and I got a heated debate whether he was guilty or not. Will said he wasn't. I said he was. There's no way you're going to trip up. I still you're think that tri- he was. And then at the end, Will said, "Well, now I don't know." And then I got annoyed because he did. He wouldn't say yes. <laughs> Tell me how you can trip up a stair. Like they show it in the show. Like, oh, how it really... They do all three, even the owl theory. The Oh, the fuck. Mm-hmm. I can't Which wait. I didn't understand. All so right, well, we're going to pause the podcast. I'm going home. Okay, and I'm gonna go. well, Bye. see everybody later. Um, things that may or may not have happened is the recording of our intro. <gasps> yeah, let's hope that that was at the beginning. Who knows? Because we're... <laughs> obviously, we pre-record this stuff. No one's no one is yeah. not understanding written. that that has happened. It's been written. We heard it. Yes, we did. Over the phone. Thanks, Dan Hall, Blackford Creek. <laughs> so excited. It was so cute. It, it is adorable. Yes. Love it. Yeah. And we cannot wait to feel so alive and real. And then we also have a big enough audience now to start doing commercials, which will piss all of you off. Love you. You can skip it. So, yeah. Just skip it. We didn't tell you that, but you can skip it. I mean, ooh, I guess. We probably shouldn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch it. Just Listen kidding. To Listen to all of it and buy whatever they say. Yes. Juice and juice. Yes. Um, what else has happened? It's a rainy day. Uh, yeah. Uh, announcement there. Uh, <laughs> announcement. <laughs> like it's the beginning of school. Remember uh, when you had to say the Pledge oh, of Allegiance? I used to do the news. Like we used to. Have, Wait. I know. Like they, we had like a little recorded news station thing that like you could. Like recorded, like audio or video? Live. Oh, it was live. Oh, yeah, live. the mornings. The morning news. So you go, wow. It was real cool. What? Wait, video? We were cool. Like, it was on video, and it was in all the... Yeah, it was like the little intro You were an anchor. Was it just because they saw your name, and they were like, that's a good TV name? I'm sure. (laughs) 12-year-old Brooklyn, that's what they were thinking. I want to see it. If anyone can find that, no, no, I will call the school. I think it was I will tell them that we're doing a documentary on you. No, that was in middle school. I'm going to find it. Uh, Good K. Good K. Good K. Good K. Good K. (laughs) 
I really want to see it. I think that would be funny. I think it would be terrible because I don't know how good I was. Today is grilled cheese. Back to you, Bill. Like, what are you saying? Just like that. I was like, in the last. What did you talk about? What you just okay? Number one, it was like twenty five years ago. Well, you ago. can't spring on new information to me. I just and assume it was your morning intro. I don't it. remember it. The morning intro. Okay. I would just assume it was lunch, and if there was a game and Funky Friday or whatever the fuck okay. it was. We're gonna have to schedule a coffee date and go back into this. We're gonna have a staff meeting. Oh my god, you and staff. <laughs> we have a staff of two. Maybe. Heather says it all the time. Anytime we're together, it's a staff meeting. Yeah. Well, now that we're entrepreneurs. <laughs> I hear ya. I'm here ya. I'm I'm here ya. Fucking shit. Man. It's being alive, sorry. <laughs> when you've been locked up in your house all weekend. Travis has been sick, so Yeah. I've been just taking care of him and staying in the house. And drinking up drinking the mind. That's I'd be yeah. like, I'm bored. Okay. Are you still sick? Good. I'm gonna go drink beer over here. <laughs> Pretty sleep much is that's the what best happened. medicine. Yeah. <laughs> he did sleep a lot. I will give him that. Okay. So what are our drinks, sister? Um, mine is wait, you go first. I want you to go first. Oh, okay. Okay. Um mine like is yours. from Kona Brewing Company. Okay. Pop, I opened pop. it everyone. Ding, ding. Kona. Kona Brewing Company Longboard Island Lager. Here oh, you go. I get to Ma'am. Go. I try to leave it in the fridge as long as I could without forgetting it. <laughs> that's always a fear. Um, I don't think it's a good beer. I just think it tastes like beer. I just haven't. Okay, why are you handing it back to me? I'm not drinking it. This is your drink. I'm gonna take a sip, but this is your drink. What do you mean? We have to both have sip. I know, but I mean, I'm gonna have a sip to talk about it to the viewers. Okay. But you're not. You like to hand the beers back over to me for the whole yeah. show, and that's not what's happening. Oh well, it's not coming over here. <laughs> I just think it tastes. Actually, like it tastes better than it did yesterday. I think mean, it's because. I was drinking it with a very very hoppy drink. Okay. And it was like smacking in the face with like flavor. Oh. And this one, I feel like, um, was just more subdued, if you will. And so it just didn't taste that good whenever it was up against whatever fucking elixir, some shit. And it was like a moon, like, blow. I don't fuck it anyway. Who cares? Moon no blow? One cares. No, it was like a moon blowing. Oh. Like, you know? Like that? That was the cartoon. <laughs> Look at this dude's chiseled abs on the fucking cover. On the package. And then the other people are holding. Like, one's got the other one on the oh, shoulders. That's really like, weird. everyone just... Surfs like that. It's what we do. You do. Have you ever said liquid aloha? No. Nope. No. I've never even been in an environment with like I've never even touched a surfboard. I don't. I don't think I've ever been near one. I don't. I definitely want to be like I would have touched like I would have poked. Is there like wax or some shit? You have to like wax them. Down. Yeah, I would. I want to. I want to do that. That would be satisfying. I feel that like would be really fun to do that. And then just then hand the board over and be like, here I, I waxed it. I used all Bath and Body Works candles. <laughs> that one's lemon pound cake. Oh my god. Okay, this one you're gonna have to open. Let me get it ready. This is. I need to walk back over. Dragon. Oh Fire. my god. <laughs> Dragon Fire. I bought this when I was buzzed. Dragon oh. Fire imported strawberry. But wait, there's more. The bottle lights up. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen in. All of my. I said I don't even care if it's gross. I'm drinking it. I don't give two shits. There's glitter in it. There's glit. You guys, let me just paint the picture to you. (laughs) Um, It's a champagne bottle that has a dragon's eyeball (laughs) on the front, and the liquid has a a, like a like glitter. Like there's glitter. It it is so. I don't even want to drink it. 
I'll and then it, it lights off my counter. <laughs> but the bottle lights up. This is, where'd you get this? At a liquor barn on the way to your house. But I wasn't on the way to your house, just the one on the way to your house. Oh my God, if you would have told me that this was like what was happening, I would have brought the appropriate stemware. Well, we're drinking out of solo cups and ice because I feel like that needs to be cold because it's strawberry and... Yeah, Dragonfire Strawberry. <laughs> Oh my God, the I'm so excited. So I was like, bust up. I told the lady, I was like, one now, and you know, I have to get it. Oh God, I always And they have that. two kinds. Oh, fucking Uh-oh. cock, man. Are you trying to, she's trying to open it. I'm so scared. It's I put just so much lotion on earlier, too. Well, you know, I'm terrified of it, so you have to do it. Oh my God, and it's like in there. Uh oh. Well, maybe it will be a, a mantelpiece because we can't get it open. Where's Will? Okay. Well, good thing there's editing. We can cut this part out. <laughs> you I try. Believe, I believe in you. Try to. I put lotion on too. You know that scares me. What the? Oh, did you just get it to twist a little? No, this twisted. Oh, I got excited. Oh! God, that scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> I almost peed. I'm I, you, I thought you were going to drop the bottle. If I had a baby, I would have peed. Oh, man. That was nerve wracking. We made it. That, uh, we made it. That was. Okay, I would honestly say buy it all, like, automatic. They, okay, so there's this glitter stuff that you can buy. Um, like edible glitter. Yeah, but it's oh, so expensive. How much was that bottle? Like Do you remember? 13 Oh, awesome. Because I was going to say that 15, shit is so expensive. 16. That's 100% like buy that shit for your next brunch. And then there was, well, they had two kinds. What was the other kind? Do you remember? It was purple or blue. Oh, the flavor? Cool. The purple and blue flavor? I don't know. Blueberry. Okay. Is that better? Yeah. Uh, can you? Uh, yeah. Isn't this one mine? And you're like, let me pour it. <laughs> I love that it lights it. Like, what's the purpose of that? It smells delightful. Okay, I'm trying mine. Sparkling wine base drink. Tastes like candy. Tastes like you put way too much ice in this cup. It's like smacking me in my mouth. Well, which there's I'm never sure too much do. ice in the cup. What do you think? I, they, I really just got smacked in the face with ice. Like, I honestly <laughs> didn't really try it. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> I wouldn't know because I have a bloody lip from this ice cube. <laughs> yeah, basically. A little more disappointed on the flavor. It just tastes like candy or medicine. It tastes like um, it needs more. You know, that's the base to some more, yeah, to more party favors. Well, I'm going to keep the rave going. Yeah. Leave the lights on over here. I mean, the bottle is kind of extra special. Just I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like that we need to buy that whenever Game of Thrones, the new one, comes out. Fuck me sideways. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's going to happen. Talking. This one said on my. <laughs> oh God! No. <laughs> not sideways. Not, not anyway. None, no, of none of the ways. <laughs> none of the ways. So let's talk. Okay, so that was delightful. Thank you for your beverage. Awesome choice. That's a really fun one. Now the ice is going to. Um, I would definitely buy it again. If you guys see it out, dragon. Dragon's tear. What is it? Dragon's. Dragon's. Blood of dragon. No, it's <laughs> dragon fire. Dragon. What? 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 Because I put my hands on my hips when I no, said <laughs> Yeah, that power pose you just tossed at me. What? I know. You're so fun. You're okay. cute. Okay. Your smile Let's makes talk me more happy. about me. Keep okay. This podcast is about, so the episode is about Heather and how much we love her. No. <laughs> so we, I don't remember why we picked this one. Uh, because that light is distracting me. I got to turn this light off. You know, I saw something shiny. I'm not going to pay attention. I think it, I don't remember. Was it because we saw that J-Lo movie on TV? No, I don't even know. I really don't know. But anyway, so no one gives a fuck. We should probably cut that out. <laughs> uh, fuck. 
Okay, so we were curious about women who killed their attackers, and there's some freaking reason behind it. We saw something that sparked it all. I feel like it's because we'd been doing things that were so heavy, and then oh, now, and like the women it. survive in this yeah. one. However, do the only thing so, so originally that was a plan. That we was were the like, goal. Ooh, we wanted survivors and women who who took their lives back and and survived. Yeah, and then we found out that uh, they all went to jail. Yeah, it. it it was it not was, the outcome that I thought it was going to be, was and we a, haven't even talked about it until no, now. This is a bummer fucking bear. Like and we were trying to not be. Yeah. The whole point was to be like, oh, women who saved themselves from their attackers, mm-hmm. and literally all the women went to jail. Yeah. Um, the you story, I'm, one that, I couldn't find one that wasn't, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's fine. This one, um, she got jail, and I think got off, like, essentially. So, well, it's. Gonna, you just dive in? I mean, I we can't. Well, firstly, I just want to say. We probably do need to do a disclaimer. It's 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 a bummer and a half if there's ever, like, a question whether or not it was in self-defense or not. Yeah. A lot of the women that we found uh, were, uh, well, they were prostitutes, killed pimps, uh, sex slavery, which is sex trafficking, essentially. All of that, they still went to jail. Yeah, this is. Definitely, I'm speaking for myself, going to be my opinion. It might not be yes. the right one, but yeah. it's, these are our opinions. Domestic violence is never okay. We're not saying violence is the answer. We're but just anyways. saying these are two stories of women who fought back, or at yeah. least mine is. Mine. Allegedly. Yeah, uh, let's use the word allegedly, because yeah. in more, my storyline, too, I talked to Travis about it before I, I came here. I was like, if I did this, A, B, and C, and you will get to it. He was like, fuck no. I would not be okay with it. And so, and what I mean by that is like my person was already married to somebody. There's just, you're going to hear a lot. Um, at the end of the day, it's really important to keep in mind once more, this is just our our opinion. Of course, domestic violence is terrible. There's help that's always available. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. You can also text START to 88788. That's so, good that there's a text too. Yeah. If you know anyone... Or if you're experiencing any domestic uh, violence, please make sure that you call those hotlines. And also, our apologies to that experience, and please don't hit us for the fucked up shit we're about to say. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to talk about Rachel Bellison today. Okay. And so this came from Oxygen.com, The Daily Best, and The Guardian. What's in front of me is like 21 pages of stuff. And, of course, that means I'm going to get myself hung up a little bit. I'm going to trip and fall. I'm going to stumble, and it's going to be well, a good time for all. professionals that do this for a living. Right. I, I'm happy that I do not have a day job, that yeah. I work. We quit our day jobs. This is what we do now. That's why we're so good. Yes. That's why it took us. This is and our. And we have all the facts. Um, I wrote this, this myself. Tenth. <laughs> this, this is our 10th episode. I thought about it. I was like, we started this in April, essentially, is whenever. The end of April. And it's the end of June. It's only been two months. And I feel like this is like our entire life. <laughs> it was different in January when we started to do the pre-recording, but once it became live and we actually like ran out of the archive, it's like shit. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. The one thing too is like you archive them just in case like Heather and I go on vacation or if I got sick or something. But the the storylines and whatever we're doing, it's like when it was it was May and we were talking about January. Like so, yeah, that was different because we had just started the podcast. But it also feels like so much better when you're doing the story and then it launches five mm-hmm. days later because you're able to actually remember what the heck you... People were telling us stuff that we'd say and we're like, we were recording I'm like, that like that was January ago. 22nd, but you were adorable. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm going to regret okay. putting ice in these drinks, but keep going. Yes, so and that's why ice. I haven't. All right, so Rachel Bellison, um, there's a ton about her. If you look her up, she got like a really banging ass article 
that goes into all the details of what kind of happened with her. I'm excited because I don't know anything about this. Yeah. I don't know anything about the the storyline to anyone, to be honest. Like, you could tell me another story and I don't have anything, like, preconceived notions in my head. So she had lived um, essentially as a specter of violence almost her entire life. She was abused uh, as a child at the hands of a relative. And so I just kind of have to start that. Like, this poor woman didn't really know what life would have been like if she was in a happy, fun-loving relationship. So she met this guy named Glace, G-L-A-C-E, Glace. Very weird name, but for some reason it makes me want to glaze, like a like glazed Henry, donut. Named after Enrique Iglesias. And they're like, we're just going to call you glaze for short. That was really cute. Was it? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was my best work. But so, um, well, it made me think of Enrique Iglesias. Right. Um, she was only 15 when they met, and she was living in a remote uh, mountain neighborhood outside of Leavenworth, Washington. Glace was 23. She was 15. He was 23. Uh, he was a pot dealer. Oh, this gets And better. he had a handsome face and a love of the outdoors, and they were dating within weeks, which is so skeezy and pervy and gross. Yeah. Blech. Ew. Yeah. That's real nasty. At first, um, the relationship just felt like so much freedom for her. Obviously, he had a car because he was fucking 23, um, and <laughs> she was 15. Because he had um, an ARP card. God. Um, hiking. They liked to hike. They snowboarded. And basically, she felt like she was, like, out of the confines of, like, her tiny town because she had him. So, really, very quickly, the freedom turned into isolation. She got pregnant before her 16th birthday. Let's all just take five minutes here and ponder how the fuck he didn't go to jail for statutory rape. Yeah, how? No, if they didn't tell, I guess. I don't think... Oh, sis. Sorry. I just didn't, I mean, I feel like it would be, well, that one says. I don't know. She was charged That was May 2021, so and she was 38 when she was charged. So, well, I mean, before social media. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'll, so- I'll figure it out later. I'm sure we'll come across something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, my bad for not knowing that off the top of my head. I so, <laughs> I, I'm going to, um, this is the crazy part. She was like, uh, her mother presented her with two choices, either have an abortion, something that we don't have the right to do anymore. Too soon. It will always be too soon. Um, And move with her family to their, or sorry. Oh, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Either have an abortion and move with her family to their new home in Montana or stay in Washington with Glace. That was it. Stay with the guy. was like, stay with this 23-year-old. That had sex with you. That knocked you up. Before you turned six. Yeah. Yep. And of course, she, she stayed. Yes. So... They were living in a shed. Sorry. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> so they, they were Apparently living in happens. a shed that had, that, had been con- that had been converted into a studio apartment. She felt increasingly adrift. She stopped going to school. She lost contact with most of her friends. And uh, without having a driver's license, essentially, like, Glace was the one who was, like, sweeping her into these fun adventures and or had used to, and now he's just kind of leaving her at home. So after their first child, he started raping her. Um, and when if she ever, like, rebuffed his advances, he'd call her a tease. He would pin her down, uh, berate her for making him feel bad. And then, like, this is what sucks. is like, it takes years for her to even know that's a crime. Duh. So, like, to her, this is, this is fine and the behavior is okay. So she's still in her teens when she uh, found herself pregnant with their second child. Mm. And he stopped wait- raping her during the pregnancy, but the violence continued. He'd shove her as he would pass her. Um, he'd say, oops, sorry, I didn't see you there. Fucker. What? Yeah. They're in a shed. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not like she was in the West Wing. I know, like, right? <laughs> uh, once they probably, he probably did actually. They're, they're not very <laughs> He was in the 
kitchen, bathroom, bedroom. I was like, sorry, I need to go to the library. Yeah, the den. Uh, (laughs) Once while holding her first newborn, uh, Bellison made the mistake of interrupting him when he was outside with his friends. When she turned to leave, she felt like this sharp pain in her shoulder and the baby like fell from her hands and he had thrown a beer bottle. Oh my God. Against her spine while she was holding Holding their their newborn baby. What? He would call her whore, bad mother, ugly, loveless, clingy, all of this shit. He'd say it all day long. And then whenever she came back with their second child from the hospital, he started raping her again. What? And she said that he was so much more violent than he was before. He uh, he attacked her one time so bad that it ripped her C-section staples out. What the fucking time? And so she ends up, like, going through this for so much time and, like, attempts suicide. Well, she can't feel good about herself. I mean, how? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're stuck... Oh, God. I don't know. You're stuck with him. You're in a remote area. He's the only thing that you have. You have these kids you want to stay strong for. Her family fucks some shit up, too. Like, bad parenting. I don't give two shits. Bad parenting. And they say on here, too, so her mom is the one that gave her an ultimatum at an age where she wasn't even strong enough to make that decision. But I think it was her stepdad who was abusing her when she was younger. So. Her head. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she left with her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he, you know, Glace promises to do better. Of course, that's what they always say. And he ends up, during a lull in the violence, she marries him. What? Can't can't blame him. He's been grooming her for years. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. She doesn't know. Yes, you're absolutely right. She feels like it's the right thing to do when they have kids together. If I had a dollar for every time I knew people who got married because they had kids. My parents. My parents. (laughs) Our parents. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much freaking everyone. Yeah. Um, and now, imagine what the divorce rates are going to be now. Right. That everyone's having all the kids. Mm-hmm. So once, goodness gracious. So, yeah, after they get married, he, of course, returns to his pattern of violence. Only now it's getting worse. Uh, strangulation is now on, oh, the, so just chokes her. on the list of things. Yeah. Um, one incident left her so injured that she peed blood for three days after. Does she ever go home? Nope. And not that I see. He probably won't let her. So whenever she tries to leave, are you ready for this shit? What? No. Hold on to your mouse. What? I don't know. That was you have a mouse right in front of me. Okay. Not like a mouse mouse, like a like a <laughs> Okay. Her family pressures her to stick it out and be a good wife and a mother. Okay, I don't really care for them either. I don't give two fucks. My opinion on them is <laughs> that I think they lack. It's judgment. her mom that she talks to because in my mind I'm like if Keely Bear came to me, and I understand I'm not her, her birth mom, oh, my God, I'd be like, I'm there in two seconds. Travis got his gun. And yeah. so did Jaden. You know what I mean? Like, that just, it, yeah. it's beyond me yeah. to think that, like, you'd be like, tough it out as you well, pee I mean, blood. Clearly, that wasn't the I know. best situation either. You're totally so. right. So they do end up, like, getting separated, which is wonderful. She does eventually leave. And this was following an incident where she finds out that Glace is sleeping with another teenager. What? So this is years later. So he's like probably 26, 27s, and he's banging like probably a 15-year-old again. Ew. Yeah. So she goes through periods of homelessness, homelessness, addiction to drugs. Not any of this is surprising. Alcohol. Um, basically trying to recover from everything that she's endured. Yeah. In 2005, after reconnecting with her mom, who she hadn't spoken to in years, 
wonder why, mm-hmm. um, she decides to hop on a train out of Washington with just her backpack on, and because of her lack of housing, the kids stay with Glace. And she goes to Montana. She's like, fuck this. Um, she said it was really difficult. Obviously, she, w- she was losing, like, her kids. She left everyone that she knew, but she was trying to figure things out on her own. So she ends up at, like, this tourist hub called Whitefish. It's a ski destination and uh, that's very similar to Leavenworth, so a very small, like, country town. So she uh, feels like it's a lonely time. Um, she, oh, the only people she knew there, because she did follow, she went with her mom, was her mom and her stepfather. Um, and those relationships were super strained. She didn't have a support system. She continued drinking. And she ends up getting a string of convictions for intoxicated driving. So she has a record officially. Uh, she slowly turns her life around. With Glace's agreement, her two sons come live with her. She receives treatment for addiction. In, 20, in 2012, she's sober and she gets on Match.com. So she ends up meeting this guy, uh, Corey Bellison. Super fucking cute. I'll show you a photo of him later. Good. Um, but he's a hottie toddy. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't You're gonna lie. Um, yeah. Cutie patoots. So she upgrades hardcore and finds her a new sexy man. At least his name isn't a noise, but okay. Yeah. Is Glace a noise? I, don't, I feel like that would be like, did you hear that? It sounded like a Glace to me. I don't know. I, it makes me think of Glaze. It literally makes me want a dessert. Everything makes me want cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2017, she's finishing a, de- a degree in addiction studies. Like this girl ratches around. It. She, flips it. she flips it. She flips it. Which is crazy, too, because she went her entire life kind of in a shitty environment, and she, like, creates this great fucking life for herself. Yeah. So she wanted to be a counselor. She finds this um, this place called Abbey Shelter. It's a nonprofit supporting survivors of domestic and sexual violence, and she becomes a volunteer here. Oh. Here's a big part of it. I think that's a huge reason why she eventually gets off, to be very honest with you. That's I'm going to put a pin in this right well, now. I didn't know that she... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, the storyline originally was that we had to pick people that got off of it. This was the only person I could find in all of it that didn't go to jail for it. Well, good. Because... Well, went to jail. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. she gets off. One of the only fucking people that does, and I think it's because she literally got her degree in addiction studies and then works at a place. She volunteers, but she ends up working She clearly there. made an effort to. Yeah, but she also, like, she worked in a place for domestic abuse people which shows that she related because she was domestically abused yeah the biggest issue was always proving that there was domestic violence gotcha and no cops were called we always have to remember that too i don't think she ever went to the hospital yeah the so keeping that in mind but she chose to work here that i truly believe has a lot to do with it well this is where she also found too like she meets this woman um i feel like my papers got oh there she goes Okay, so I was like, oh. so um, she meets the woman, let me make sure I get Hillary Shaw, and she basically, like, runs this facility, and when, this is what Bellison says, when she spoke, she spoke in a way that I never really heard another woman speak before. It was the voice of a woman who had been told her whole life that she was perfect just the way she was, and that she was confident and capable and strong. I had not experienced women like that ever. Wow. So essentially, she met one of us. That's really sad. Very sad. Very, very sad. But to think at whatever age she, mid-20s, mid to late 20s, mm-hmm. 30s, probably her 30s. Yeah, she's probably like. That's yeah. the first time that she met a woman who had any confidence That's and was smart and educated. It's a big bummer bear, but anyway. She makes strides in her new life. She can't shake her like nagging self-doubt, so that's always kind of an underlying issue with her. She always hears like Lace's voice in the back of her mind taunting her, warning her that she's not good enough. And I just think she like struggles to kind of escape the, the mental her abuse. For yeah. Years, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like so one of her kids, Isaac, 
he looks just like him. Oh. Yeah. Like, I mean. Like twin. And what, it, it was actually Isaac. He's the one that struggles the most because he said, I'd look in the mirror and I'd see the person I hated the most on this earth, which was his dad, which sucks. Oh, so yeah. he's in his early 20s. He said that, like, the, the, he basically just thought it was an awkward game of uh, custodial tug of war is when this, like, interview happened. But he, and he had said, too, like, basically my dad would show up one night, like, every six months, and he would take him and his brother out to dinner. That was pretty much, like, muscled through it because he felt like he needed to do it for the kids. Mm -hmm. But he, like, he says, too, later on, he's like, I just thought it was so obvious in hindsight, you know, and I felt bad for not understanding sooner what had gone on. And so as he got older and he, he started to, like, figure out that his dad wasn't a nice guy and that he was, like, a fucking trash dumpster fire. So the turning boy... <laughs> Awesome. Get ready for these ages here. Okay? okay. The turning point came one night when Isaac was about 15, year old, 15 years old. He had gone to visit Glace in the town of... Oh, I read this wrong the first time. So I'm a twat. Ignore me. So <laughs> when he's 15, okay. he had gone to visit Glace in the town of Plains, Montana, where he was living with his then-girlfriend, gr- Jasmine Sailor. So Glace is living with Jasmine. It was close to midnight when Isaac was awoken by the sounds of a fight. <laughs> Woo! Shit fire. I flipped that page <laughs> right off the side of the... Sorry, guys. That was very loud. I'm just going to take a drink now, too, since we just paused. Yeah, we'll do that because I've been, like, trying to walk away and do it. You can pause the head. Ooh, cold teeth. <laughs> kind of tastes like a watered-down um, strawberry dack. Curry. Dack. Okay. <laughs> so he says he wakes up and he hears whore, bitch, and he remembers that his father was drunk, shouting in Sailor's face. He feared the insults would escalate into violence, so he dialed 911. But then Glace did a sudden about face. I don't know what that means. Um, his anger disappeared. He seemed calm, e- uh, kind even. And with the 911 operator on the other end of the line, he gets Isaac to end the call. The moment he hung up, he went right back to being incredibly violent and incredibly abusive. But this time to me. He said he pointed a rifle at his son's face. What? Before star- storming into the night. Isn't that crazy? So he got him to stop talking to the cops and then he was like, just kidding. Here, There's a gun in your face. Yeah. So, essentially, after that, this is, I guess this is, this might be one of the big turning points, but anyway, that's where Isaac is like, fuck you, this is some bullshit. So, ultimately, it was the premise of talking about his son that Glace suggested he and Bellison meet on the afternoon of October 8th, 2020. Okay. So, she didn't feel like she had much of a choice. Um, he was upset at Isaac. Glace was upset at Isaac Why? and itching to confront him. If Bellison didn't agree to visit, she feared that Glace might ambush Isaac well, and yeah. like berate him. Yeah. So the day started off normal. Her husband, Corey, she ended up marrying Corey. I totally skipped that. Well, I said she met a guy. So whatever. That means marriage, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they got married um, and he's an operations manager. And so they he kisses her goodbye and, and he goes off to work. The next time he sees her, it's at the corner store convenience. Cornerstone <laughs> convenience store. On the super desolate stretch of Highway 28, completely in shock. And she has a tattered shirt on and blood on her jeans. That's oh, like Corey the next... Corey saw her? Yeah. Okay. Because he gets a 911 gets call about, a... yeah. Oh. So, Bellison was going to have this nice relaxing afternoon. She had a half day off of work. So, as, she, as soon as she finished her work at the Abbey Shelter, she headed to the slopes of Blacktail Mountain for a hike with her dog. That's when she got a call from Glace pressuring her to meet. So she's irritated, but she's like, whatever. She returned the dog home and prepared to set out on the hour-long drive to Paradise, Montana, where Glace was living at the time. And nobody knew where she was going. This is the part that I was talking to Travis about, and he was like, fuck that. So Koi would have never approved for her to go out there, and she didn't even tell her husband. Especially alone. And she said instead, 
here's a lie. This is where all the things kind of... This is a lie? Okay. Yeah, instead she texts him and says, work is busy, I'll see you later tonight. But she was off work, and she was going to see her ex-husband. She was going to resolve the fight? So she did she think it was easier just to lie about it? And say, because she not that, that Corey I'm wouldn't approve it. it. I'm just yeah, saying, Corey obviously wasn't She's like, I want to get this over with. I'm just going to lie to him about yeah. it. So. so whenever she gets there, Glace has been drinking. So I probably would have just ratcheted around and left personally. Like, oh, you're drunk. Cool. See ya. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I remember that you're fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Well, and she even says that his demeanor seemed a little too friendly. So dumb. That's, that's a red There's, flag in yes. domestic violence when they're too nice. He has this face that he gets where he smiles, but his eyes don't smile. And that's what was happening. You can and always see the crazy in the eyeballs. You ain't lying. So she had arrived in a new car, a 2020 Land Rover. Yes, a Land Rover Discovery. So apparently business is good. Um, <laughs> and Glace is like, let's go for a drive. And he said it would give them more privacy, he argued. She obliged despite her misgivings. She suspected his friendliness was a, spo- a smoke screen for his anger. Pause. What the hell are you doing, sis? What, why are you get, why why would you do that? See that photo? Was she being polite or what? But why are you going to be polite to him? That's what I'm saying. This is where they end up stopping. So look That's at how really fucking remote pretty. this is. It's Absolutely. a gorgeous place, but super remote. It, in the middle. It's like, like you taking me in the middle. Truck commercial. Yeah. Like, like you just took like me like. in the middle of a cornfield here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you've abused me yeah. and beaten me and almost killed me multiple times. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Let's go where cell towers aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go here. That's cool. Uh, da, 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 da. I think because I did that, I lost my slot. Okay. <laughs> so, Bellison's the one behind the wheel. Glace guides her out of his sleepy little town. Um, and they're they drive. Always sleepy little always. town. Sorry to I always wonder you, what that means. Like, everyone's sleepy. They're never. Yeah. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> they all go to bed at six. I don't know. They say it all. The Keith Morrison says it all the time. I mean, it's cute. I think it's just like well, they're never southern like in slow. a huge metropolitan area. It's always yeah. a sleepy little town. So they drove across the Clark Fork River and over train tracks and down an empty road where the uh, where conifers grew tall and dense. I don't know why I'm fucking telling what you. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Basically, that no one can fucking see you is what I'm the vibe I'm kind of getting. You know. <laughs> So he has her turn onto a dirt road behind it where there's a clearing that's open to the river. They park. Uh, Bellison lifts the back hatch of the car. She sits on the tailgate and they share swigs of vodka. Are they going to watch the sunset? What's wrong? I don't. Why? Becky. And she's like sober. So she's like. So there's a lot of shit that's very confusing in here. I don't drunk. think I would have gotten her off. I'm going to have to fucking say that. You're they're like, you're, you're, she's like. I don't know. You're drunk. There's, I don't know. I have feelings. So she says, well, what do you want me to say? Bellison remembers asking. Um, exasperated. The conversation about their son had reached an impasse. Glace deflected. You look really good. He commented on her breast, sneering about how Corey was a lucky guy. Uh, his temperament seemed erratic, and Bellison grew anxious to leave. She glanced at her cell phone. No signal. Glace moves in for a kiss. She quickly pushes him away, but by then, the hairs on the back of her neck were standing on end. She moved to slide off the tailgate, but her feet never reached the ground. In that second, she says Glace had come at her again, only this time he pinned her down by the shoulder and was ripping at her shirt with his free hand, tearing the buttons and the clasp of her bra. It all happened so fast, trapped under his weight, she feared that he was going to choke her like he had in the past. She felt like she might die. His eyes seemed so narrow, so glassy. Scratched and bruised, she managed to wiggle free, uh, but his hand shot forward as she sprinted around the side of the Land Rover, catching her pants with such force that her pants went slack. He had, he had broken the zipper. Oh, uh, she made it to the front of the car as she tried to climb inside. He was uh, behind her, and she found that Corey's Glock 26 pistol was in the car center console. She spun around, closed her eyes, and squeezed the trigger. So she shot him. Dead. 
She yes. didn't know he brought a gun into the car? That was her car. It's Corey's car. Oh, oh Corey. Okay, yeah, sorry. yeah, it was Corey's gun. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and that's the thing is, like, she's like... So maybe she felt like she was okay because she had a gun in the car? I don't... I'm just trying to that's see what, it that's because, what I mean, she's, she's like, a victim. Okay, so that's where she goes. She noticed... Corey's 26 Glock, his pistol in the car's center console. How did you notice that? Yeah. You would open it up. You would have to open, you would open it up. It's not like she got in there like, what am I going to get? There, maybe I'll throw this mint at him. Like, you can't, like, what do you have a in mint. your, you know, what, McDonald's napkins? What do you have in your console? Well, I do, not you. You clean your car way more than I do. But, <laughs> you know. My gun's like, in, the, in the, like, you, yeah. if you have a gun, it's usually in an easier place to grab than the center console. But I don't yeah. understand how she would have noticed it like that. You don't notice things in there. So this guy ends up being, what's his name? Lance Jasper ends up being her attorney. He gets a call. He, he goes out there to this convenience store, corner store. Okay. He ends up driving out there, and he said that he saw a woman really in terror. I didn't quite have an idea of all the trauma at that point that she had gone through, but he saw a victim. He said it was very apparent that she was a victim. And that's what you kind of see, too, is, like, there was a lot that happened to her clothing. And I think that's almost like, I don't want to say a lucky thing. But it's visual that you can see. It's not just her saying that it happened. Like, you can actually see. See that her clothes were ripped. And there's physical oh, yeah. evidence of it where. And it would have been pretty hard for you to try to rip your shit like that. Yeah. That quick, you know what I mean? Just, so those were some of the things. Yeah. Um, she had been in custody ever since the police officer, Gary Stanberry, had picked her up from the convenience store where she and Corey dialed 911. So apparently she gets to this convenience store and she calls her So her she called husband, her boyfriend her husband, her husband. first. Yeah. And then she called 911. Well, see, she didn't try to hide it or anything. I mean, you know. I don't know. I don't, I, I hate that. She I don't know in, how she. It was an hour away. Yeah. You didn't call the cops. Maybe Corey she was there. Maybe she no, like she went to the corner. Like she went to this, this gas station and, okay. and called Corey. And then Corey was there and it's an hour drive. And the cops had uh, come there and Corey is with her. So, so like she was, she had been waiting a little bit. An, it's an hour drive. Yeah. So just like saying that. I get that. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess everybody reacts differently. In, in an the, hour. Yeah. But like, I would call the cops right after I called Travis. I'd be like, hey, get here. I'm a, I killed someone, blah, blah, blah. And then call the cops. Because yeah. there's no way that no one's going to put that together and that's not going to be on the defense team. Yeah. I get that. I would hope. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she ends up going to jail. Like he, she's arrested whenever it all kind of um, takes place. And she's in a, she has a shared cell with three other women. One of the women was a domestic abuser. Ooh. In her cell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was, that's not good. And like she was there for three weeks listening to like this crazy bitch. You're going to have to cut a lot out, but you'll be able to tell because I'm just not going to speak. Can we just sing a song? Um, I would love for you to. So this is like a real quick excerpt. Um, okay. Estimates vary on how many incarcerated women have suffered sexual abuse and domestic violence themselves, though many studies suggest that there's a correlation to the women that are, are in jail. In 1999, there was a survey uh, for female prisoners in New York, and 94% of the women in prison uh, suffered physical and sexual abuse. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet there's the struggle remains when states hand down charges and sentences uh, whenever things like this happen. In 2021 alone, advocates in Washington State and Oregon introduced bills uh, requiring courts to consider histories of domestic abuse when relevant uh, to try to lower the criminal penalties. It's uh, funny that you mentioned that, but keep going. Yeah, I mean, they and they have multiple other bills that kind of moved through this um it's sad that it's, I mean, every case is different. 
in every case has different you know circumstances but it's sad that it takes them going to this extreme and yep. then now there's now you pay attention but like people have been domestic violence has been happening for years and then it's, forever and then it's just more recent that all this stuff is coming out yeah so bellison so she had survived what she saw as an attempted rape Jasper, her lawyer, noticed that her body wasn't treated like the crime scene it was. No photos were taken of her, uh, of her ripped clothing, her scratches, what it was like whenever they first encountered her. Really? There was no um, evidence collected to properly, like, handle the situation on her person. Yeah. They didn't take any pictures of that's, anything. That's what I just said. No, I know. But they I'm took photos like, of the, like, car. But not murder. of the, that is the dumbest Yeah. Thing. Oh, wow. Okay. They only had the police report to go on, and it was completely saying it was a homicide. What? You have to keep in mind, this girl drove to a secluded location and murdered her ex-husband. I mean, I get... And didn't tell anyone what she was doing. Yeah, I get that. And was drinking vodka and she's a sober Betty. Like, all of it point... All signs to me point to murder and premeditated murder. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Because he sounds like a piece of shit. So and cops like, really why didn't you take her to... Um, like, why didn't you take her to the hospital? Like, for them to do for forensic evidence, he was like, because there was no pre- penetration. They still could have. Done, I hear you. You know, they could have done something. No. There's moments in your life where they say the world suddenly shifts, and uh, Hillary Shaw, who was the per- the executive director at the shelter, one of those moments when she found out what happened from Corey, her, her husband, and she really, like, rallies behind all of this, and ha- I, I truly believe that she is, like, a huge reason to why uh, it kind of ended the way that it did end. So um, no one really doubted her her colleague that she acted in self-defense. They, obviously from the cop's perspective, it a thousand percent looks like she had done it on, on her own accord. But anyway, I'm going to try to skip through. A lot of this is all talking about. The initial plan was to show, uh, was basically a show of force at Bellison's bail healing, hearing where it was set at 200,000. And it was far beyond what she, so we're talking about Shaw here, Shaw and Corey could afford to pay. So the colleagues at her, the Abbey shelter started a GoFundMe campaign to offset the costs. Um, And so that was basically what they're trying to do is get a whole bunch of people to show support so that they can understand that like this shouldn't, she shouldn't go to jail. And this ends up being, I mean, so basically Shaw is like, who are we serving? Are we serving our partners in the judicial system who can't handle being held accountable for their mistakes? Or, Or are we serving survivors when we try and advocate for survivors in a way that reflects poorly against prosecutors it's not okay for us to be shamed about that so apparently like i'm sure they got a lot of backlash too yeah so uh october 27th same year they are appear in front of judge james manley in an attempt to lower the bail due to the pandemic the public was invited to attend remotely via zoom wow that's what? weird they said a bail hearing here whew, bail hearings mm-hmm. are usually sparsely attended a few dozen on it like a good day and they said that the zoom participants like it was crazy that the the judge was like what is happening like they were they couldn't believe how many people were like jumping in on this so it had over 100 participants and because and they she was freed from jail that day because her jail was her bail was dropped to twenty thousand dollars that's a crazy part. I mean, if she did not work for the... That's what I'm saying. If she didn't work for this that place definitely. and all of these people rallied for yeah. her and was like, she's not a bad person, she wouldn't... It was a character thing. And that's the hard part. And this is why she ends up getting... Like, it's moments like this versus her being a prostitute who shot a pimp mm-hmm. and no one's there to support her. Yeah. And that's the craziest part. So they were super happy that she, um, that she was able to get out of jail that day. I want to really 
move to sorry but this is like 27 pages so no, you're fine. Don't be sorry. So anyway um back in so they end up bringing in jasmine sailor who's the, the ex-girlfriend or the girlfriend of glace yeah and she ends up having two kids with him too and he beat the shit out of her of course he did and so um uh she remembers an incident when her son was four and he had shoved her on a coffee table with his forearm across her throat and his fist balled in a handful of her hair. And his other arm was raised to punch her uh, when her son, like, burst in and was like, Aww. no, don't hurt mommy. Um, she felt like she was a shell of the person that she was. Um, once a FedEx delivery man knocked on the door unexpectedly, I found him. I found them in the kitchen with my son protecting my youngest daughter behind him with a butter knife. They were seven and five at the time, thinking oh that, like, he was there. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, the main thing people don't get is that men, women, and children are not just sitting there getting abused, doing nothing, she says. They also don't understand that people do try to leave, but when they try to leave, that's when it gets more dangerous. And so uh, she was one of the two women who filed felony assault charges against Glace in the spring of 2020. So even after Sailor and her children were enrolled in the Montana's Address uh, Confidentiality Program as part of a protection order to keep him away, Sailor still had to contend with his ma- manipulations, and she used family and friends to basically... She said that he used family and friends to gather information and figure out where she was. So, basically, the evidence of his prior assaults was, like, insanely overwhelming. Like, well, like it, there's no doubt that he was really abusing her. Yes. That he was psycho crazy. I think he was just mad about his name. <laughs> <laughs> like, his mom picked the name, so he hates all women. Not that I'm condoning it, just trying to make light of a dark situation. I agree. Because there's so much, I'm, I kind of want to skip through a lot of it because so much of it is from uh, the court. Yeah, what happened in the like the trial part? Do you really want me to answer that, sis? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know you just asked that. I'm going to have to read all of it. No, like, no. All of these pages are like no, doing no. ballistics. And oh, no. I they they like, were trying to figure out if the gun could have, all of it. Like, yeah. I hate that you just asked. No, that. I did, no, I meant like the end, like what happened, like what she was charged with, and all that. I'm trying to get to that. Okay, should I take a breather there to get through even more shit? So basically, Bellison was super depressed. Is like the whole court thing was going on. They end up doing an A and E TV documentary about her case. Oh wow! And so they do a reenactment of it, and they're hoping that's going to help in the courtroom. But even while she's doing it, she was like doubled over, trying not to vomit, and was like gasping for breath while she was going through the experience of Uh, doing the reenactment. Yeah, it was pretty freaking terrible. Yeah, Um, that's awful. Yeah, and even the, her her son Isaac, he had psyched himself up just to like go into court on May twenty fifth. Yeah, he didn't know if it was like a a step to getting his mom behind bars or if it would result in her freedom. So he even like walks into the courtroom and forgets to like take off his sunglasses. Like that's uh, how like he's just like. And anyway. people read way too far into that shit too. Yeah, like, sure. well, he wears sunglasses. Like. Yeah. So then there was another thing called uh, Justice for Jake, which okay. was for Glace. I don't know if that was. I don't fucking know why Jake, but it's justice for Jake were the shirts that were being worn that were specifically justice for him. I don't know if that's his middle name, his last name. It could be Glace Jake is his name. I don't know. <laughs> I only know that his name's Glace. I'll figure that out later on. Um, but I don't know. He was like the, the attorney was like, you feel so many ups and downs in court. Like you think you're winning, then you think you're losing, then you think you're winning. Eventually, she ends up getting acquitted for it. Really? And, yeah. And she doesn't even, she's not even as excited as she thought she was going to be because as, whenever she first um, went to it, they, were, they said that whenever the judge read her the charges, it was deliberate homicide and punishable by death. Whoa. Like, that was a, like, yes. The assault, the shooting, everything when she was arrested and, and um, arraignment, that was the charge against her. Yeah. 
And she ends up getting acquitted and she could not figure out like why she felt so bad. And she's like, it was the best possible outcome. And I got what we fought so hard for. Like, why am I not happier? And it's really because of everything that kind of happened in it. But the justice for Jake supporters had told the, like he told the reporters, she rocked out. She walked out of there after she killed my best friend because she knew the right people. She knew what to say. She knew what she was doing. So no one, like, uh, imagine the whole other side of it. They're like, no, she killed him on purpose. And it's obvious because yeah. of all the other things that we said. And because of the force behind her, that's how she got off. Wow. And Corey Bellison was grappling with the fury of reading those reactions. And some of it was like, money can buy you freedom. And he estimates that, like, the, the family spent between, like, thirty and $40,000 on everything. Wow. for for her to get off. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of shitty. Um she still like struggled to move forward in her in her life because of everything that obviously happened. Yeah. At the end of the day, she was still a victim regardless of. And she showed sympathy that. to the supporters, the Justice for Jake supporters, and she said that on October 8th, October 2020, um after she shot her abuser, she remembers thinking it couldn't get any worse than this, but now she says it can and it has. I can honestly say that I would rather go through October 8th every day for the rest of my life than to watch her loved one suffer. Whoa. Yeah. So. Man. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, since her legal victory, well-wishers wishers have congratulated her. I'm, I bet you're glad to have your life back to normal. They offer, and she knows that life doesn't go back to normal after domestic assault. Wow. So. Man. That was a lot. Yeah. Sorry for my stumbling through here, too. You can't stumble through shit. I mean, it's it's. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of shit. It's a lot of stuff. Um, he did have multiple gunshot wounds. I, I do need to say that one, well, too. I mean, if you're going to. I mean, I'm pretty sure she just, like, turned around and was like, boom, boom, boom. Well, she said she'd close your eyes, right? Yeah. Is that him? Is that who? That's her baby daddy. That, no, that's Chad. Did I say Chad? What's no. his name? Corey. Corey. That's Corey. Ain't he cute? I want to show you that photo. So if she would have lost, she would have gotten life in prison. She wouldn't. Yep, for deliberate homicide. And her attorney said that there's so many people that are out here. There are so many Rachel Bellisons out there that didn't get the chance to, like, say their story and to get off. So I feel like it's a dicey one. Well. Lots of ups and downs. That was the guy good. was obviously an abuser. She put herself in a really shitty situation. She should have never been in this situation. Yeah. But if his life really would have ended, I don't she, know if. She didn't really stand a chance. I mean, who knows if he hadn't died, what would have happened to, you know? Like, he could have, like, I don't know. He would have continued to abuse any woman that he was any with. Any woman still messed with her. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, It's odd that you say that about um, the way that you did, because that kind of leads into mine. I feel like you just hid the papers like I was going to no, somehow read them from across the... No, I didn't hide them. I just didn't want <laughs> to get glittery dragon's breath. Milk. What is it? No. Fire on it? Yeah. So, I didn't want to do that. So that was the story of Rachel Bellson. I feel like I'm supposed to end by saying that every time that like we to, do that. To wrap it up? Yes. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of Nicole, which goes by Nikki uh, Adamando. So I've never heard go- of her. I, me either before this, because the only one that was come up when you Google it was yours. Do you have a photo? Um, no, but you can Google if you'd like. I'm going to ask you to Google it. Every time I get my phone, you tell me not to do it because then I get distracted. (laughs) 
Well, you can Google. Just don't rate. Just look at the photo. What's her name? Uh, Nikki Adamondo. Nikki. So I'm going to go back and forth on this. Dude, they're... I feel like I know how to spell Adamondo. A-D-D-I-M-A-N. That's all I needed. Okay. I'll go back and forth on it. There wasn't a lot that I could find. Oh, damn. She's cute. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, because there was a 48 hours on CBS podcast that I used in Wikipedia because they did such a good job on the podcast, but they jump around a lot. So I will too. <laughs> they, her best friend and her lawyer speak on her behalf and then his mother and uh, his lawyer defend him on the podcast. So just a little bit of background. There wasn't a ton. Um, Nikki Adamondo, she was born in 1989. I couldn't find much else about her childhood because, you know, I like that part of it. Yeah. So one of her friends said that she went to a friend's sleepover when she was around five years old and she was actually raped while she was there. (gasps) And one of the other children had to watch it. (gasps) Yeah. No. Yeah. So she never told anybody that, but that obviously fucked her up for the rest of her life. Her childhood friends said that. If they wanted to have a sleepover with her, they had to go to her house. Because she wouldn't obviously stay anywhere else. Like, forever. I'm about to beat somebody. Who is it? Let's go find their address. <laughs> well, no. She never told anybody. The only her. So was the, it the... Sorry. No, they never said. Who it was? Mm-hmm. Just someone at the... Nope. Fuckers. Yeah, they never said. But that would obviously give her intimacy issues later. So keep that in mind. Oh, I, I would assume it would give every issue later. Yeah. All uh, the issues would stem to that. Yeah. So, okay. Here's, I'm going to talk about the murder first and go backwards. Okay. Um, so at around 2.15 a.m. in September of 2017, a police officer honked his horn at a car that was stopped at a green light. When he honked again and the car didn't move, then he turned his lights on, like what yeah. obviously thought drunk driver, right? So when he gets to the car, he finds uh, Nikki with just her socks on with the kids in the car in a daze. So he's like, man, get on the car. Well, then they play recordings on there, and it's... <laughs> It's pretty bad. If y'all want to listen to it, you can on the 48 Hours podcast. But you can hear how scared she is. She didn't try to evade him. She literally was like, I tried to leave. I tried to leave. He wouldn't let me leave. He told me I was going to die, blah, blah, blah. He's dead on the couch. And they're like, who's dead? (laughs) So they see people there. She starts saying, you know, she told the officer that she had been abused. She said that he raped her. And this is going to sound weird, and I don't know any other way to say it, but he was very gentle when he did it. And once you hear how he used to treat her, allegedly, like, that's a red flag whenever they're, like, extra nice about it. Like, a goodbye. Like, the research will show. Uh, Yeah. So, like, she was already freaked out. So, he did that. She tried to, he fell asleep, and she was like, well, I'm going to lay on his chest and, like, get on their couch. The kids were asleep. She lays on his chest. So, are they dating? Are they together? Are they married? They're together. They're, like, common law. Okay. So, once he fell asleep, she tried to sneak away and grab the kids. He, He wakes up, pulls a gun from behind the couch cushion. And he's telling her she's not going anywhere. Like, he's looking at her like, you're not leaving. He said, I'll kill you, then I'll kill myself, and our kids will be orphans. You're not leaving. And then she, he went to, like, lunch. How old are the kids? I uh, don't remember at this time. Okay. Uh, are they young? They're young. Okay. They're so I'll get to all this. I'm skipping to the got end. It, got it, got it, got it, got it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I did the same to you. So he, he dropped the gun whenever he pointed at her. He dropped it. She allegedly picked it up. Because he was drunk or a fucking idiot? Like, he, how did he just drop a gun? Sorry. Okay. 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 <laughs> It's okay. So he and then she he starts laughing at her like, "What are you gonna? You're not gonna do anything with that." So obviously she shot him then and took the kids left. So she called her friend Elizabeth Clifton, who said she sounded terrified. So Elizabeth comes to meet her, and then the cop stops her because she'd already gotten pulled over. And the cop was like, "No, you can't go over there." And then Nikki or her friend Elizabeth was telling the cop like, "She, I thought she would be dead. I didn't think he would be dead. How is he dead?" Because she's obviously told her friend all this stuff. So 
And they went to the apartment and they found Chris. And but it, they said it looked like he was sleeping, which obviously he said he was sleeping or whatever. Um, so it looks like she shot him while he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Of course, but you know who knows because you can't prove that. So that's this one's this one. I don't know how I feel about it at the end. It's I mean, I still don't know how I feel about Rachel. <laughs> yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. So he was dead to a single gunshot wound to the head. Um, the shower was running when the cops got there, and there was a broken laptop in the bathtub. So remember that part. I'm not gonna forget that part. <laughs> you just tell me dicey Ashley, and you're like, don't forget. <laughs> like, luckily we're not gonna quiz what was in the what was in the. the <laughs> bathtub. So a little bit about their background. In 2008 in Poughkeepsie, New York, Nikki was 19 when she met Chris Grover, who was 21, at the gym where they worked. They were both gymnastics instructors. That would explain why she is fit. <laughs> so Chris's supporters described him as a huge kid at art. With any oh, his name was Jacob Glace. Wow. Oh. My complete apologies that I just interrupted and said that. That's why they were saying justice for Jake. Oh, As Glace was his last name, but no one says his fucking first but he name. Went, okay. Sorry. It's okay. They said, see, like, the people that, this this one's very divided, so I'm going to talk about the two sides. Yes. Like, whoever said that, Chris, like, Chris's supporters were like, oh, he would never do that, blah, 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 but guess who else had a good public reputation? BTK. So, like, he was a deacon at his church. Nobody knew he did that. So, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, everybody's like, oh, he was such a great guy. But then, on the other hand, some of the parents there said that they saw him get pissed at the kids a lot. So, in... Mm-hmm. So they started dating in 2008, and then 2012, she got pregnant with their first child, Ben. So then they decided to move in together at Salt Point, New York. Uh, he was the talented videographer. Like, he was an amateur one, and he even made a video for her and all the stuff. So. Cute. I mean, not cute. <laughs> well, you don't know. Fuck him. Yeah, you don't know how you feel. So um, after Ben was born in 2013, he began to rape her and watch porn excessively, according to her testimony. So if she refused him, he would attack her. That's so crazy. So... What is it about being in a relationship that you're like, you can't be like, there's truly a concept and I might be guilty of it. Like not, not really. But like that you can't be raped if you're willing to have sex with the person all the time. Like, I I really believe that that's why women don't like. Yeah. If you're in a relationship. Yeah. 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 That like if, if I, if I willingly have sex with you sometimes 90% of the time, then that 10% is, but obviously the, the rape that we're talking. Anyway, the word is horrible. Yeah. The act is horrible. Anytime you say no, it's rape. Okay. Yeah. How did you say that? Because I had a feeling what I said did not sound like no, I was I like, rape is bad. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking bad. I'm just, anyway, I feel like there's a stupid thought that that's whatever. Yeah. So Elizabeth Clifton, she, like her, one of her best friends, she taught a mommy and me music class that Nikki took her son to. She said she showed up one time with a black eye. Elizabeth mm-hmm. did. And she said, oh, no, don't worry about it. Ben hit me with his guitar when we were playing. So Nikki was like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, for all those black eyes I've gotten from guitars. Yeah. So in February 2015, Nick, uh, Nikki gave birth to their second child, but he was still being violent with her, of course. So he he actually started filming the abuse. This is all allegedly, but it was, I'm just going to say it like it happened, okay? So I don't want to say allegedly 400 times. Yeah. Um, so he started filming the abuse without her knowing, and someone, quote unquote, uploaded it to Pornhub under the username Grover Respect. Oh. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. There were disturbing hashtags, like pound and bound and all this. I'm not going to repeat the rest of them. Oh, my gosh. Like, so this was on Pornhub, and so so there's evidence. There's video evidence. Yeah, but wait for it. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I didn't care for that one you just gave me. Like, shit's about to be worse. Yeah, so her friends in hindsight, they said it's obvious that they could connect the dots thinking back. Like, in my thi- my thing is, is every time I read this, I think about you. And I'm like, there's I, no. Like, there's no hindsight. I'd be like, no one hit you in the face with a guitar. Like, you got hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we're also. <laughs> I know, I know. 
Special friends. <laughs> Special friends, guys. That sounds so weird. I know. because um, we make out. Shut. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Okay, so the, her friend said that, like, she would wear long pants, scarves, long sleeves, even in the summertime. She had, like, her friend also saw, like, marks on her wrists and her ankles where she'd been bound. But she just explained it away always. She always had an excuse. Like, Did rope. she say it was an excuse or did she just be like, we have kinky sex? No, she did not. Okay, because that's like... She always blamed it on, like, kids are plausible. They said every excuse she had was plausible. Like, you could be like, uh, I guess so, and for every excuse. Wild. So she had bite marks, burn marks, rope-like burns. They were documented by her midwife she went to see three months before the murder on three separate occasions. So in 2017, that was just a few months before he was killed, uh, she even said, Chris has a gun and uses it in my body. <gasps> yeah. Like, All right, see, this is what being, like, real quick. The, like, Rachel... No one knew, like, besides the fact that he had beaten other girlfriends, and by the way, uh, Corey, the cute one that she married, looks ungodly similar to the Jacob guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, no one really knew about it. Like, there wasn't evidence of it. Like, all this, this is insane levels of evidence. Just saying. Just wait. I know. I'm, I know. <laughs> I know. So, like, her, her lady bits were swollen. Like, I'm not going to go into details about all of it, but they had documented evidence of that, and she said it was him. Uh, one month before the murder, she was bruised and bleeding because he raped her at gunpoint. So, like, but this, she went to the midwife, and the midwife documented that. So, Nikki, or Elizabeth, in 2016, she finally was like, he's beating you. Like, I know he's beating you, he's beating you. And she, she reluctantly admitted to it, but she said it wasn't like a floodgate, but she did acknowledge it was happening. So, she didn't go into detail. She's just like, yeah, that's it. So, she was seeing a therapist, and she also, her therapist was like, press charges or leave him. Like, you yeah. need to, like her therapist was telling her to do that. Um, wow, so she is a therapist. Yeah. She is the best. If Chris you told me she goes to jail, I'm gonna. Okay, just wait. I'm gonna burn this building down. Chris and but Chris was saying, you know, she was like, "I'm gonna leave you," and he's like, "Dude, I'm on the edge of my seat." He said, "You are crushing the delivery of this story." Chris said that you know the kids would get taken away. No one's gonna believe her. He like beat that in her head. Like no one's. That gonna was the same her. thing. Yeah. So allegedly, one day, I'm just gonna give you a couple of examples of the things that she talked about. So one day, she was in the kitchen making eggs for Ben, their son, and Chris came in and said, "You better be making some for." me well she looked at him and said yes sir she was like a smart ass about it so then he forced her to the ground took the metal spoon held it to the gas flame and burned her on her body and this is there's photos of this because she was in her friend laura's wedding she was a bridesmaid and there was a, a burn mark on her and the prosecution said that it was a curling iron from which she got her hair done but everybody there saw it and it wasn't a fresh burn yeah so there's wedding photos of this anyway she went to the hospital for that one and it was documented blaming chris like, she went to the hospital, like, yeah, I got burned. So. It's going to piss me off. Yeah, it is. I'm going to feel my blood pressure her, going her up. Child, her childhood friends, Rachel and Laura, said they noticed these, but they didn't pressure her. Like, her friend said that she always had something that, like, a plausible excuse, like I said. Okay, Becky. If I was like, all right, plausible excuses. It's now been eight. Are you I've being. eight burns. Yeah. Are you, like, are you, do we need to worry that you have something wrong with your nerves, that so you're dropping curling irons on yourself? or. Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like, it's one thing, too, if, like, something happened, I was like, sis, literally, Betty the dog knocked into me, I tripped and fell, and that's what happened. But if you I'm tell me so like dead ass. Eight times. But then, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I the number. That's, I even wrote in here, I said, there's no way we would. No, there's no, no fucking way. Will, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you never let it. No, I'm kidding. Um, Will is a very passionate, loving man who would never do that. Yes. I just want to make sure I didn't. 
act like anyway. Okay. Uh, in the summer of 2016, she actually did pack her stuff up and the kids, and she left. And so she's on the phone with Elizabeth. She's like, Elizabeth, I'm coming to your house. Elizabeth's like, great. In the driveway, come over. She drove past her house for hours and did not pull in. She said she's too scared. Are you fucking me? Like, no, I'm serious. She said, and Elizabeth Chris, didn't jump on the vehicle. Chris was going to find out, and he was going to like, you know. How many times have we seen? We are different. We would never do, but I just. I'm uh, Becky. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So one day, a mom from the gym, she had seen Chris lose his temper with young gymnasts in the past. Like half of them say that he got pissed off sometimes. Half of the moms are like, oh, he was the best. You never know. Yeah. So she all, then she heard a rumor about Nikki's injuries at the gym. So then she made an anonymous report to Child Protective Services. So and this was a month after she was allegedly raped at gunpoint. So this mom called CPS. So as required by law, CPS has to make a visit to their apartment. But I don't. No, if this is regular or not, like this is what they're supposed to do. But they they called and said we're coming over, which I feel like you should just do a blind visit, not like hey, move all your. That shit. doesn't sound right. But that's what it said that they they're supposed to call, I guess, and here. What was it a a landline? What a landline? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, they called they called them and said hey, we're coming over tomorrow. I know, like you say they called them, but it's like like you and we'll have one cell phone. Like, do you know what I mean? Did they call the guy? Did they oh, call I the don't woman? know who they called. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but according to Nikki, Chris disposed of some evidence on that day in a bag. So the next like. That's what Nikki said. That he he took like he was like, Oh shit, they're gonna come to the house. So he took a bag and left. Well, like of a course. bag of evidence. And the next day is when they conducted their home visit. So oh, after that, Nikki said that Chris went to work that day and came home in a quiet mood. He called her into the bedroom where he was loading his gun. He said he wanted to try to load it or he wanted her to try to load it, but she was shaking, she couldn't do it. I don't this they made a point to say this. So after that, then she took a shower and he threw the laptop in the tub at some point. Then he raped her on the couch, like I said earlier, and that's as she took that as the goodbye. She waited him for fall asleep, and then that's when she shot him. So she said that's she, what she, she said. She said that she waited for him to fall asleep, yeah. and then she shot him. But after after the <sighs> gun thing. So she said she just lunged and shot. So there's still questions about it because the evidence shows in the trial and everything that it was at point blank range. Like she had the gun on his head. That's what I'm saying, yeah. sis. This one so, is definitely murder. Yeah, so... I'm feeling hella murdery. So, uh, she she's on recording when she came in for questioning, because she did it, and she walked in, and she was like, this is self-defense, right? But she's clearly shaking. You could tell, but she's saying, like, this is self-defense. And his lawyer said she thought she was going home. So, oh, they man. charged her that night with second-degree murder, as well as criminal possession of a handgun, which could get you 20 years to life in prison. In the state of New York. So, just having a gun? Criminal possession of a handgun. What's cri- Sorry, why am I asking you I that? I would know that answer more than you would. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this caused uh, both sides, they got really passionate. So, Chris's former students like held vigils, released balloons, did all this show stuff. See, at the end of the day, like, even though they, like, you could still, what about this? Like, I'm just gonna, just let's just say, like, Chad, who we both know, who we both love, who we both respect. We have no idea. What if he was at home just beating his husband every day? Do you, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like these people, I guess in a way, do. were like, how do these people mourn these horrible men? And it's like, they weren't horrible men to them. They didn't hear. They were awesome friends and, and good fathers and uh, great employees. Yeah. It's wild. It is really It's weird. sad all, all, all the way around. 
Yeah. Um, so Chris, is, they did uh, release balloons and help vigils. Nikki's friends, family, and supporters of domestic. <laughs> Stop. Sorry, Sorry. Tra- we're already at like an hour. Something I'm trying to. Remember. Oh, keep in mind, we Paul, we ran for like. Yeah. There's a lot that has to be cut out. I looked at the time, was like, I fucked us up by going slow. You're fine. So anyway, they did that. Nikki's friends, supporters of domestic, and the supporters of domestic violence victims, they got like rowdy and held like fundraisers and rallies, and her bail was set at six hundred thousand dollars, which obviously shouldn't have. So, that is so much more money than Rachel's. I know when you said that, two hundred thousand, like, and it was lowered to twenty. This is because a whole bunch of people logged on to the Zoom, and he felt pressure. Six hundred thousand. So the trial was held in March of uh, twenty. Again, she was openly being like raped and abused, and this dude was asleep. Is what it looks like. I don't know. So March of twenty nineteen, cameras weren't allowed in the courtroom, but both sides were very passionate about their stances, of course. And the prosecutor's name was Hannah Kraus, and it drives me insane. Not Hannah, Hannah. So Hannah Krause was very passionate, stating that Nikki self-inflicted all these, and Chris was the victim. Like, all of her injuries were self-inflicted. Right. They tried to, like, throw smoke screens up, and, you know, they attacked her character, of course. Oh, that's what they had to do. Um, and then Nikki and her defense team painted a grim picture about the abuse. So uh, what's really wild to me is that Hannah, the uh, prosecutor, she spent a lot of her career actually advocating for domestic violence victims. Yeah, but... Like that, like she, her, she was known for that. And then she's like going to say. Because it looks like he was but asleep. But she was a I, victim still. I know. Something I know, was happening to her. Shooting you. somebody when they're sleeping is still. Yeah. So she was saying that Nikki threw the laptop in the tub because she didn't want, she, she wanted them to think that Chris had something to hide. Uh, they actually didn't find anything on the laptop when they went through it. So Weird. that's still something I can't figure out because that's all they say and then they don't touch on it anymore. So uh, Hannah also, that just pains me to call her name. Just call her Hannah. Krause. No Krause. <laughs> well, she pointed. No, she's not going to email you and be pissed that you said her name wrong. You like Brittany. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's so, right? I know. Uh, but she pointed out that Nikki had sent Chris a lot of texts the days before he was killed, calling him an asshole, man, child, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they ever got a hold of, like, our phone? <laughs> not that we talk to them like that, but you know what I mean? Like, you say shit you don't mean in text messages. Like, like how you joked and said, I'm going to burn this building to the ground. Like, you're not really going to burn the building to the ground. But you would text that. Yes. <laughs> but then we'd have to handle the situation that if then the no. building was burned down. Yeah. I'd have to be a suspect, and I wouldn't be a suspect. Yeah. So there were internet He's searches. now a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> there were internet searches made from Chris's phone the night he died. Uh, one of them was, if you shoot someone in their sleep, will the police know? Oh, fucking cock, man, bro. And this was searched on Google for 15 minutes, and the prosecutor said that was a roadmap to his murder. She's saying, but you can't prove who did it. That's the thing. You don't know if he did it. You don't know if well, she did it. Well, why would he do it well, maybe if he was shot when he was asleep? asleep. I'm just saying there's not I like know. a clear line. You're obviously not Nikki. So or this stupid she, fuckback who she sent, she sent a text uh, a text to her best friend six weeks before the murder that stated, I haven't figured out a way to kill him without getting caught, so I'm still here with a grimace emoji after it. The prosecutor said that. Uh, of course. That, But, like. We say the wrong shit on that. Yeah, you can take that saying. out of context like, all the time. You and I, like, our text, we joke about that shit all the time. Like, we tell each other we're going to assault each other all the time. That's a joke. But if she was trying to get away like real quick though that's the other thing it's like these women were really trying to get away with it mm-hmm. they wouldn't have gone to the cops and at least to me yeah. like if you think you could have yeah and you had the time like if i was going to truly plan a murder of travis it would 1000 percent imply that he went off to go hunting or something and never came back it wouldn't be in the house well, we'll with me with the plan at the, no. <laughs> but do you know what i mean yeah, I like i just feel like if these women were really trying i don't know yeah I, I, obviously i'm wrong but 
No, I don't think you're wrong. So the prosecution, she kept saying, well, I know she's a victim, but it wasn't Chris's fault. Because then she was saying, well, he waited a whole year to sleep with her because she had so much anxiety about her childhood oh, wow. trauma. So they were like, he, she was scarred and he was patient, apparently. Um, I'm glad that he then decided to become an abuser yeah. to someone like, who's already... Like, she never made an actual formal police report, but she did tell the hospital, hospitals, a few friends, and hospitals. therapists. <laughs> yeah. Um, she also accused an ex-boyfriend of assaulting her. Um, but studies do show that two-thirds of women that are uh, raped when they're younger are probably going to get assaulted again, which is very sad, like when they're older. Do they just pick abusey guys? Because like, it, it never looks like the guys are... Hello, the J-Lo movie. Yeah, I don't know. He was awesome and perfect. I don't know. So even like a few years after she started dating Chris, she claimed that a maintenance man at her mom's apartment raped her. Um, then she went back on that and said that she couldn't remember whether it was Chris or the guy. I know. Uh, <laughs> I want to believe. not do so, herself justice. Yeah. Either. So around so, the same time. Uh, she did jail time. Kraus said uh, that Nikki, this is what the prosecution brought up at trial, said that Nikki met a married police officer at the gym and Chris was his kid's coach. And she had he asked Nikki to be a live-in nanny with the family. Uh, they actually began a relationship on the side that lasted several years, uh, even while her and Chris were living together. Whoa. And she was pregnant with Ben. <gasps> yeah. Wait, hold yeah. on. Is Ben, who's, who's the, the first dad? kid? Chris. Okay. It's her kid. So she, okay. I'm not picking up no, everything no, no. here. Or or there's a lot of Legos on the floor, and I don't know which one to grab first. So, okay. She's pregnant with Ben, which is Chris's, Chris's kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's fucking... Yeah. Allegedly. Right. Is, I, I, I don't know. So I'm, not, I'm not on the jury pool. <laughs> so she... But she was sleeping with a cop. Yeah. Married cop. In his house that he asked her to. And he's... Okay. And he's... And he, okay. She's a living nanny. I understand. Okay. But, like, I'm not understanding this. What? The sex while she's pregnant with another man's baby. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, I think it's not. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I love that you just did that gesture. <laughs> the hand gesture. Um, okay. So then she, she has also, really fucked up. She also <laughs> said that the married cop was forcing himself on her, too. Of course. Okay. okay. So Sorry. the oh, prosecutor said, or we're going to get a lot of hateful comments. The prosecutor that. said that with all these other men in storylines, how was it 100% clear that Chris was actually the one doing all this violence to her because there was physical evidence, but there's, you don't mm-hmm. know who, who did it. So apparently her testimony didn't help either. Um, she started getting confused. She was on the stand for three days. The trial was two weeks. She started crossing her storylines a little bit. They said, like, her best friend said it was heartbreaking. She would break down. She was shaking. Like, you could see she was a victim of something. But she was... Sorry. She was getting... She was getting confused. And she kept, like... She would say one thing and then say the other thing. And she was getting flustered. Was it, like, flustering enough? Or was, like... Like, to, from what you've experienced, like, what you've read. I don't, there's was one side, this whole thing is one side says one thing, one yeah. side says the other. Okay. So, uh, Krause said that when she went to the hospital on Krause's Hana, so um, when she was pregnant with I Faye, <laughs> a nurse uh, asked her for a ser- like, asked her a series of questions and answers. So, like, was he using tools? Was he burning you? Uh, she went back a few days later with burns and said yes to all the questions because she said no at first, left, came back. That's what the prosecutor said she also said that her motive for murder was her intentions to or her invention of the abuse like all the stories that she made up because when cps came over to check on the kids she thought that they would figure out that she was lying and they'd take her kids away that's what the prosecutor said that was her motive the defense obviously said she was in flight or flight and like either he would die or he would have to die or she would because she had no criminal record no history of violence 
Nothing. So this one's really like a him versus her because there's no definitive proof one way or the other. Wild. I know. Why are these always so hard? So there also, there were some things left out of evidence per the judge. So like the Grover respects and all the hashtags on Pornhub, that wasn't shown to the jury. (gasps) They also had to leave out the full medical report from 2014 and the midwife exams where she literally said, Chris did this to me and there's like evidence so they left out so they left all, all the, the evidence said there's no way to tell whether one way or the other so leave it out or that's what the judge said sorry that's such bullshit they said that, that is, is such bullshit. see i didn't realize this but they said it's not uncommon for some evidence to be excluded yeah but i don't feel like that's the best decision i don't think that's the right stuff to the Pornhub stuff they yeah so after three days the jury deliberated for three days there's eight women and four men they rejected her claim of self-defense and she was convicted for criminal possession of a weapon and second-degree murder so it wasn't over yet though because under an updated new york state law the domestic violence survivors justice act nikki was entitled to another day in court so they would hold a hearing where her claims of domestic violence could be factored in to reduce her sentence so february 2020 the same judge from her murder trial 2020 was a crazy year because that's when all my shit went down. He sided with the prosecution, saying that she was steps away from the front door and she could have left. He also said her inconsistent statements about past abuse made it impossible to know the identity of her abuser. He denied her request for a lighter sentence. So the question really is, like, why didn't she leave? Like, we all know, it's. I mean, they had kids involved, there's a million factors, but research obviously shows that you're more likely to die if you do leave. Like, even the even her lawyer said, well, I just represented somebody uh, 11 months ago and she left and then uh, she died. Uh, she was in a body bag. I'd rather die than be in jail. <laughs> I'd rather try to leave. So, like, the record. Be, yeah. Yeah. And go, or act, and murder him and then go to jail. Yeah. The recording said even the night that Chris died, like, they played this on the podcast. That, like, she told the cops on 17 different occasions that she begged him to let her go and he wouldn't let her leave. She kept saying that over and over on the recording 17 different separate times when she was telling her story over and over. Like, I tried to tell him I wanted to leave. I tried to tell him. And she was, she's little. She's not. Oh, she's teeny tiny. She's like a size zero. So now, Nikki is serving 19 years to life at Bedford Hills Correction Facility. Um, The kids are with Nikki's family, but they do spend weekends with the Grovers. And that is the story of Nikki Adamondo. And I have a lot of feelings about it. Okay. No, I don't. What are your feelings? I don't know. Like, she obviously was abused. I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, what if she did say, I shot him when he was sleeping? Like, what, she would still get 19 to life. Like, I think if I went through all that, I'd probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Everyone lies. They'll hold on to that lie. It's fucking yeah. Jody Arias. Yeah. Still says it was in self-defense. And it was so, there, all the evidence in the world implies yeah. it wasn't. So well, this one's kind of, the evidence could go both ways. That's the part that's, like, he could have been sleeping or he could have literally sat up and lunged at her and she lunged back at him and shot him in the head and he fell back down. Like. Oh, yeah. Just, and the gun touched his head. No. That's know. not going to happen. I don't know. She, that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I play with guns and that's, you're not going to just like lunge at me when you're bigger than me and I'm like, and no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And you'd be too afraid to let him get that close. You'd shoot. You'd shoot. Yeah. I definitely think she shot him while he was sleeping. Well, I don't, I don't know. This one, I, I still have mixed emotions about it and I don't even know where they are. I think on, on mine, I think Rachel put herself in a situation that she shouldn't have. But I do think it was in self-defense. This woman, I think, was abused. She was abused bad. Yeah, real bad. But I think she shot him when he was sleeping. I think one day she just fucking had enough. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I think, too. Yeah. But now she's in jail, so. 19 years. To life. Like, that's the lowest she can get. And the fact that they left out all that stuff, because they said they technically couldn't prove that he was Grover Respect, which, 
or like the men in the video, you can't, they're out of frame, which could have been done deliberately by him. Of course. (laughs) You know, so anyway, that one kind of got me a little bit. This one kind of messed with me a little bit. And normally, like I told you, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Somehow it doesn't affect you. This one, I think it's because I had to listen to the best friend's testimony. Like the best friend was on the podcast for like 20 minutes throughout the whole thing talking about it. Uh And I heard her and I was thinking about like if that was you. I don't know. It was weird. How disappointed would you be if I, I don't know. Like Mm. there's, there's a level of accountability that was her best friend that she didn't live up to. Mm -hmm. Like that best friend failed her just like Rachel's mom failed her Mm -hmm. oh yeah people are constantly failing you yeah I think it's devastating I think it's a bummer bear yeah I wish we had something on a lighter note we're gonna go get let's let's change the subject let's change the subject to something positive um firstly I'm gonna need to make sure that I study my topic better so that Heather doesn't have to edit out half of me pausing to read my story That is something I'm going to do as Heather crushed the story today. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited for the week. I'm about to go on vacation. I am really pumped about that. I'm like three weeks away from vacation. That's all I got. I'm happy that these women lived, even though I was really hoping this was going to be an upper and it totally was kind of a downer. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Well, I think we should, let's, just, let's just hang up on this. Let's yeah, just, like, just hang up the phone and be like, like, hey, I had a really good time. Like, you might, yeah, can I pet that dog? Theodore, can I put that down? <laughs>